Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to today's Career Insights session, which today will be focusing on careers in the media, publishing and journalism. And we're very lucky today to have four speakers with us who have uh, varied um, careers in, in these different areas. So they'll be able to give us insight into their career paths and uh, tell us a little bit about what they do. So as usual, those of you who are listening, if you have any questions for our panelists, please do use the question function where you can type in your question. The questions will then come to me and I will be able to put the questions to the panelists. And it obviously makes for a much more interesting discussion if um, you, the students and anybody else who's listening um, can contribute your, your questions. So I do encourage everybody to do that. So without further ado, then I'm going to ask each of our speakers to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what they do. So Angus, starting with you, please. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Angus Phillips and I'm director of the Oxford International Centre for Publishing based here in Oxford. Um, we teach book publishing and journalism to both undergraduate and postgraduate students. And you'll hear from my colleague Alex in a minute, who's got a background in journalism. My background's in book publishing and I used to work as a non-fiction editor in the industry. I'm still very much involved with the industry through writing books and articles about book publishing. Um, we also do training and consultancy work with the industry as well. So I'm very actively involved. There are lots of career pathways into book publishing and we'll get a chance to talk a bit more about them in a minute, but uh, it's certainly an exciting industry to work in. Brilliant, thank you very much. And Alexandra, over to you. Hi, yes, I'm Alex. I work with Angus at the OICP. Um, I'm also a freelance editor and writer um, and, and a lecturer running the Media Journalism and Publishing course at Oxford Brooks. Um, so I started as a journalist about 20 years ago in the era of lifestyle, um, magazine editor, web editor, um, both in the UK and I've worked abroad in the Middle East as well, launching magazines. Great, thank you. Andrew? Hi there, I'm, I'm Andrew Priest. I'm executive director at um, London-based production company Sunset Vine. I suppose I, I used to say that I worked in television, but actually, I guess now I kind of work in content, uh, <laughs> and it's mainly content, um, and a lot of it's live, and a lot of it is on television. But I guess the, an increasing amount of it is being streamed on YouTube and websites and other platforms like like Amazon, and also people increasingly watching it on computers and tablets and phones. Um, so it, it's a pretty varied business to, that, that I'm in, I guess, all about sport. Yeah, great. Thank you. And Rory. Hi there. Um, so I'm Rory Bremner, I'm a comedian, impressionist, um, content provider, I guess now, Andrew. Um, I started out uh, at Edinburgh Festivals and London Cabaret Circuit. I uh, got my break with BBC Radio, um, doing Radio 4 shows, comedy shows, and then to the BBC in about 86. So this is many centuries ago for you guys. Um, and I was with the BBC for six or seven years and then with Channel 4 for about 20 years after that, doing our satire show with John Bird and John Fortune. And in the meantime, doing lots of chat shows. And since then, a lot of documentaries, um, panel shows, uh, our own scripted comedy shows, and just about everything um, in between. So I suppose I can talk a little bit about uh, getting through up from a comedy route, but also uh, I've been talking to everybody I've worked with in the last couple of days uh, to find out about how you get into television. And um, so any questions about that, I can hopefully uh, give some pointers. 
Brilliant, thank you very much. Okay, so yeah, I think a good place to start is really finding out a little bit more about how your career started. Um, you know, did you study something that, that clearly led into that career path or did you study something completely different or, you know, maybe you skipped university altogether? Um, yes, yeah, so how, how did your, your career path evolve? How did it start and, and then how did it evolve, uh, Angus? Uh, it was funny enough, I was talking about that this morning, uh, but uh, yeah, my first job leaving university was working for um, Jilly Cooper's husband. Jilly Cooper's the novelist and uh, her husband ran a military publisher in London and I wrote to him and said, can I come and see you uh, to chat about how to get into publishing? And he saw me and he said, oh, we'll come back on Monday and you can organise the books on my shelf. Order, which I didn't think was that interesting, but I did turn up and then he got me reading manuscripts and um, I used to help out with answering the phones in his office and uh, he used to disappear off to lunch about 11 o'clock in the morning and come back at three o'clock and I thought this is a really good career to get into, it's really, really exciting and uh, I, yeah, I then worked in a bookshop for a few months, again I got quite a few stories out of that, um, you get all sorts of interesting people coming into a bookshop and then I started as a graduate trainee at Oxford University Press, which is where I worked for a long time as an editor. Um, but there are many varied paths into publishing. And today, um, publishers are looking for keen, enthusiastic people who are interested in business, but also they like books as well. So there are, there are different routes in at the moment, which I can talk about more in a minute. But that's how I, that's how I appeared in publishing. Great, thank you. And yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, it's a great demonstration of the importance of just being really proactive um, and yeah, putting yourself out there and just seeking opportunities rather than, than waiting opportunities to, to come to you. Um, thank you. Alexander, was your route into journalism and publishing a similar route or? Um, not really. I actually thought I was going to be a fashion designer <laughs> and I studied fashion, um, design and then fashion promotion and journalism at university. <laughs> Um, when I realised I wasn't going to be the next McQueen and uh, thought maybe I'd try writing instead um, with a name like Shakespeare, thought maybe that would help, um, didn't. Um, so I struggled my way from the bottom to the top really, just, um, I actually, my first job was online working for a fashion web startup um, in central London and I worked my way up through there, realised uh, when the internet crashed that maybe it was a bit too soon for everyone and I should go and get some proper writing skills and started freelancing. So it was a kind of bit of a zigzag. Um, I did use my education to get a step up, definitely opened doors for me in terms of the network. Um, yeah, and then just wrote as much as I could, tried to get bylines, um, knocked on doors, got rejected, uh, kept going, developed a thick skin. Um, yeah, and then ended up um, being the editor of um, Harper's Bazaar in, in, in the Middle East. I launched that. Um, and various other magazine launches and, and work for sort of the major publishers towards the, um, you know, the, my, my last jobs. But then I sort of pivoted and I had a family um, into freelancing again and I did all sorts of different things including using my transferable skills, lecturing. So um, I started lecturing when I had a young family and I was freelance writing and that kind of thing. And, um, I'm, and now it's sort of transitioned into more of that and less of the other but I still keep my hands in, so doing lots of consultancy and what have you. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. So yeah, the, the importance there of resilience, that you, you keep trying even if things you know don't, don't work out, or you get re rejections, that, that you just have to keep going. And you said you started in um, a fashion startup. 
how did you find out about the, the startup? Was that through networking or? Um, well, for my degree, I entered a graduate show. Um, it was the, the national graduate show that the Telegraph ran at the time. And my final major project, which was a fashion radio program, talk radio wasn't a thing at the time. And I identified a gap in the market for how could we bring fashion alive in that medium. And um, it got picked up. I won an award at this show and was written about in the papers and uh, in the Telegraph and with the other sponsors. And I was approached by the company to come and work for them. Um, so I thought, this is great, this is my big break, but then realized it was a startup and there was no money and you know it was all very modest. Um, but it was great because I got to do everything, you know, on a website at that time it was very exciting. It was, you know, it was just starting up, um, I think it was around 1998. So long time ago. <laughs> so again, creating your own opportunities, uh, but but in, in in a different way. Um, great, thank you, Andrew. What about you? How did how did you get into TV production? Um, well, a, a very strange route, I guess. I actually trained as a yacht designer originally, <laughs> and I was a professional sailor. I, I sailed around the world with Alan MacArthur, who a lot of people on this webinar probably wouldn't remember. Maybe the panel would. Yeah. Um, and um, and then and then I started working for magazines. I found that I could write, so I was writing for magazines. And then somebody who was making a sailing program um, needed a scriptwriter, and they came to my magazine and said, who, who, "Who could do it?" And I put my hand up and started writing scripts. And then I, I found I quite enjoyed working amongst the team, you know, production team making programs about sailing, uh, compared to you know being by yourself as a journalist, where you just turn up with a pencil and and find out what's happened. In a, in a team making television, you have to kind of be there doing it all. So um, I started working in other teams and then I, I started my own company um, making sort of sailing and adventure television, which um, got taken over by a bigger company, Sunset and Vine, that I, I work for now. So I've been there for the last 13 years, I think. And now I'm, I don't really do any part of the production, but I kind of try and bring in the business and, and sort of run the project. Okay, great. Thank you. And um, yeah, so I think that's a, that's an excellent example of how careers can take really unexpected turns that you can start off doing one thing and just sort of almost by quirk of fate or just by an experience you have, it, you end up going in a in a completely different direction. So from, from your design. I think to, you know, enthusiasm and sort of application forks in the road come along and you have to you have to take a fork and, you know, normally those things kind of tend to work out well if you if you do it with with kind of enthusiasm and, and drive. Yeah, brilliant. And um, Rory, yes, you, you, your route, you, you talked about starting in really sort of with the Edinburgh Film Festival. So, you know, not, how, not, how did that, that work? Do you sort of- Not, 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 not the Film Festival so much. Uh, yeah, well, the two things. I mean, for, first, from the performance point of view, but uh, just to pick up on your earlier point, I mean, it just shows this is these is in this these creative industries, just how much of it is just chance and luck, uh, but about making your own luck and using it. It's, it's all about initiative. It's not really about courses and qualifications. It's about where you find yourself, where you land, and and you'll be fine. You find yourself with like-minded people, and going off on that uh, journey. I'll come back to that in just a sec. I mean, my my own thing. Um, uh, I'd always done impressions. I'd always enjoyed making people laugh and used to do impressions of teachers and stuff like that. And I can remember one particular moment of performing in front of the kids. I thought, gosh, you know, I could do this, this more often. And uh, I went to university in London and London at that time had a big cabaret circuit, um, which they have them all around the country now. Um, 
and uh, I did sort of a few open mic slots um, and people used to sort of notice those and I would build up to sort of 10 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute sets. Um, and of course, people who were researching comedy programs or chat shows um, would sort of come along and they would be looking for guests for the chat shows or also um, for radio comedy programs or whatever, or even just on local radio, for example, you know, people having jingles or, you know, station announcements or, um, I think as far as performance is concerned, uh, no, as far as, as comedy is concerned anyway, um, you know, look out for your local comedy club and open mic, open mic slots and the opportunities to get on stage and write. You, these are all, this is a profession where you just really have to dive in and do it in a sense, you know, you've got, um, and uh, so that's how I, I sort of started. And because I lived in Edinburgh, I'd watched all these performers, you know, like uh, in, in a two year stretch, you would see Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, uh, Rick Mayle, French and Saunders, all these people. It was an incredibly sort of creative uh, time. And so those were these sort of inspirations. But there was an opportunity to um, do a few minutes at, at clubs then. And I, and I think, you know, you find out where the comedy clubs are now. Um, as far as uh, television is concerned um, the people I've spoken to more than anything else they just um, they found the found programmers that they really liked or they really enjoyed um, and they would write to people they would write to people involved in those programs uh, and you know it's, it's about you writing letters knocking on doors or if you're if you're at a local film festival for example and you you know you want to do some filming or you know that's you're interested in in um, getting into television in, in that way if you've got a local um, uh, book festival or something like that ask the organizers if you can go along and, and film some of the guests at that say you, you've got Simon Sharma or you've got David Attenborough or if you've got Michael Palin or something like that say look can I come along interview the guests for five minutes at the end of their session ask how it went and put a little video together and that's all about initiative it's just it really is about um, what you enjoy doing and more often than not time and time again people start as runners in the television industry and so you know you do start at the bottom so you'll be making coffees you'll be ordering taxis you'll be doing those sort of things and two things about that is firstly when you're there you just you're watching everybody you're watching everybody in a production thing so you can be watching the the lighting people saying uh, how they do their job you're watching um the script people the production managers the people who work in the gallery and all thinking well what, what, what do i really like doing what are, and, and finding finding out who does the job that you really want to do um, but also there's a rule in television that you shouldn't be a runner for more than two years because it, that just shows that you're too satisfied to stay in the same place. It's all about joining a company, getting a foot in the door, starting, as I say, starting making making the coffee. And then as you gradually learn more about how programs are put together and how uh, companies work, you then find where you want to be. You can go up a route where you might want to be in the gallery being a production manager. You might want to be in a gallery. Uh, two people, three people who started uh, that I spoke to the last few days. Uh, one started as a receptionist for us, and she's now the line producer for Graham Norton. Um, another started as a secretary, and she has just finished script supervising Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. And the third one uh, was Jack. He started with us as a runner making the coffee, um, and he became head of new comedy at the BBC. So they all start, one started as a runner, one started as a receptionist, and one started as a secretary. So, you know, you won't go into television halfway up, uh, right straight out of a media studies course and going, you'll learn on the job. And it's all about uh, curiosity and initiative. Brilliant. Thank you. And can I just pick up on that? But, but I'd imagine, sorry, I, I'd imagine that even, you know, the 
getting a position as a runner or even a receptionist could maybe be quite competitive if people know that that's the route in so what, what sort of the how do how do students get those jobs in the first place Rory? just keep at it keep at it I was talking to um, Elaine who was our production manager she's now her head of I head of production at ITN and she says you know there are times when they'll be taking on sort of 16 or 17 runners you know uh, and, and you know, it's it's persistence. It's just you know, if you if you think you really like costume drama, you know, just watch the production credits that they or go on you know the IMDb um, for productions and find out who did the job uh, that you like doing. Elaine said she was doing a, a careers thing in Brighton the other day, and somebody said, well, I want to be a hairdresser because my dad was a hairdresser, my mum was a hairdresser, and she said, well, why, why not be a hairdresser on a film set? You know, why don't why don't why not go down that route? Or somebody was an electrician. They said my dad was an electrician. They said, well, okay, well, why not be an electrician on a film set? Why not get into lighting that way? But it, it, so much is learning on the job. And yes, of course, um, but, but don't 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 give up. You know, it's, it's something you've got to knock on lots of doors and write lots of letters. And um, you know, that's that that's that's the way that so many of these people do it. And and sure, Andrew, somebody was going to come in on on what I was saying. Was it was it Andrew or was it Angus? I think it was Andrew. Andrew, I think. I was wondering if I could just pick up on that and could I share my screen because I've just got a slide or two that actually echoes what Rory was saying. Yes, please do. You should, you should be able to do that. Um, so ah. was, this is just a bit about Sunset and Vine, but um, I, I was sort of going to say that, that there's, all, there's kind of something for everybody in, in the world of TV and film. You know, it, everybody's kind of got different skills and different ways they want to go and different things they like and I, and I, I think it's a really you know it's a huge ecosystem and you know if if, if you want to be a lawyer you know everyone needs lawyers in in the film business if you want to if you want to be an accountant there's there's space for that that camera operators hair and makeup as 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 we talked about floor managers organizing people um directors ordering people around Someone's got to sell the business. So if you know if you if you're good at sales and and marketing, then there's kind of so many things there. And I was going to say the same thing really. That what's missing from that is that person there, uh, and that's kind of where a lot of people start. You know, you you go you could do. I didn't do a media course, and I'm not trained in it. If you start there, you kind of get a chance to see what everyone else is doing, and you and you find the thing that you like that suits you, and and you find a way, to, you know, to get. To get to that role and to be an assistant to, to the person whose job you want and and once people see you've got initiative and um commitment and and you're prepared to work really hard you you'll you'll progress quickly great thank you yeah and i think people do forget about all these other jobs that all feed into to these industries that the people maybe focus on the, the people that you actually see on the television and forget that there are all these other people that, that, that are part of it as well so yeah that, that's really helpful to highlight that um angus and, and alex what about uh, getting into publishing or, or journalism what, what sorts of things can, can students be doing uh, well, like television book publishing is pretty competitive and if you sort of see an ad in the paper, they'll get hundreds of applications for it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you've got to make yourself stand out um, and show your commitment, enthusiasm and working in a bookshop, for example, for book publishing or working for your local magazine or something for a journalist. Alex will talk more in a minute. Getting that writing experience, there are opportunities at school and university to do that. 
a good ways to show your commitment to getting into publishing. And uh, I mean, a lot of the big companies now have internships that have open applications. So there are opportunities through that, or you can come and do courses like ours at Oxford Brooks, which will get you a definitely to interview stage um, for many entry level jobs. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the publishers are keen to widen the pool from uh, where they recruit from. So there is, uh, you know, there are, there are a lot, there's a lot of open application systems now. It isn't just a question of who you know anymore, that it might have been 30 years ago, um, which is good, I think, for the industry. But the career paths are many and varied, as we've heard from TV and um, content as well. So you can go in and start working in editorial or marketing or sales. Um, book publishing is an international business, so there are jobs selling rights internationally. Um, you know, the really big authors appear in lots of different languages and then you've got a whole production creative side on the design side, you know, co designing covers for books, designing the insides and with the arrival of ebooks, books have to be that much more beautiful these days than they had to before so there's a lot of emphasis now on the kind of production and design values of books so that's really rewarding to make a really beautiful product that people want to buy in the shops um, but all you know in business and creativity run through it all so you have to have a head for business but also enjoy the creative side of it as well and discovering that new author is very rewarding making sure their book is in all the high street shops is a very rewarding um, career as well in, in sales for example and, and the big growth in recent years has been both children's publishing um, after Harry Potter children's publishing is no longer the kind of backwater of book publishing and now it's really exciting dynamic part of the industry and audio publishing. Um, you know, if Stephen Fry reads something now, it will be all over the audio bestseller lists and uh, people are picking up on narrators and their favorite authors. And you see everybody with a pair of headphones in now, um, whether they're doing the gardening or walking down to the shops and a lot of people are listening to podcasts and audio. So that again is a really creative part of the industry now, which really intersects you with so many different other parts of the creative industries. Um, so yeah, I think the the, uh, as the other said, having that enthusiasm and dedication and, and really, really that drive to succeed will get you into book publishing, but it is a competitive career and remains so. Great, thank you. Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think one way to get your foot in the door in that runner role, that researcher role, that editorial assistant role, any of those starter jobs in the creative industry is work experience and be it volunteering whilst you're at school or for a day, or a week or a month or longer during your summer to try and get some work experience is one of the you know the best things that you can do um, and it will give you that you'll start to build your network of contacts you can start to be be noticed um, even if you're making the tea if you do that well and you do it with with you know um, with grace then people will notice you so um, do the work experience get the foot in the door get something on your CV keep knocking on those doors and I mean, I think it comes back to attributes. I think we all touched on that. Rory, you talked about some of the different attributes. I think it's, it's not just initiative, it's you've got to have a real passion and drive if you want to work in the creative industries because it is very competitive. Um, so you, you should really follow your passion. I mean, I wanted to do fashion. I did pursue that as a journalist. Um, and then it took me into lots of other areas. Um, so we, I think perhaps we've all followed our passions, which is really important. But of course, you've got to you want to have a have a, a career that's going to sustain you um, as well. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think now if we're looking at journalism, it's about content. Andrew, you mentioned it's all about content. Um, get noticed with um, a blog, get noticed with um, 
you know, different different platforms, do your own podcast recording. Um, just start to try and build up your skills that will allow you to pivot across different platforms. So I've worked across um, print and web and developing apps. And now it's, as Angus said, it's all about the audio. So I think if you can develop, you don't have to be an expert in all of those areas. And, and not to say that you shouldn't be you know, the, the, the master of one area either, but it's really good today to see how the creative industry is linked together because all of the areas that we're talking about today do link up um, and it's really good to, to to be able to work across you know i when i was studying i did everything from writing scripts to um to creating radio shows so and i think that's what people need today in the creative industries and you've got to be agile and flexible to be able to work across those that'd be my my main message but work experience will help you get there <laughs> Great, thank you. And I wonder if there are also sort of organisations. I mean, I remember many years ago. Now there was uh, in in London there was a a group called the Society of Young Publishers, and I, I don't know whether it still exists. But I suppose seeking out things like that that might also help you, you network and and make connections can be. It's still very active, and uh, there's a branch of the SYP in Oxford, which uh, yeah, it's quite often run by our alumni. So yeah, those are very good networking events and speaker events they run here in Oxford. Great, thank you. I, I just think earlier I mentioned book festivals. I mean, there are so many book festivals now all around. And you know, to piggyback on those, uh, I mean, I think of a, there's a guy called Matt Stadlin who's now working on LBC, and he appeared sort of about seven or eight years ago, uh, maybe longer. And he just just got in touch and said, uh, um, you know, "I'm doing this thing called Five Minutes with Matt Stadlin." And I said, okay. And he turned up in the dressing room and he had a big clock with him, which is five minutes. And he just asked questions for five minutes. But he he would just ask all sorts of people and anything. If you're in Oxford, for example, I mean, you know, ask the Oxford Playhouse if you've got, um, you know, some uh, actors doing a play that we say, could I, would you, could, would I be able to interview them for 10 minutes or something like that as part of my course? And most people, they're always very happy to talk about themselves or do an extra interview. And social media is really big. So you can, you know, you can do something very quick on your phone and edit, edit it together um, but it's just it's just about thinking well I enjoy this I'd love uh, and and don't be frightened to ask the question because people are often very willing to help in in, in television or in in books I'm sure as well the same thing not just not necessarily just audio and visual if you decide you find a book festival say can I help organize it and then when you're organizing you might sort of say well um, can I help put the program together next year, or can I, can I write some of the blurb, or can I get in touch with the with the, with the publishers? Um, and you'll just be noticed as somebody who's got initiative and somebody, you know, you've got to be careful not to. to it's going to sound very silly, but to sort of know your place. If somebody comes in, you know, and they're a runner and they're making the coffee, and within, you know, within a week they're telling people how they should direct things or whatever, that'll just rub people up the wrong way. But it's 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 you can be a fly on the wall, albeit a fly that's good at making coffee and tea and and booking cabs and stuff like that. But you'll get an insight from the inside, um, whether it's books, whether it's fashion, whether it's um, television or, or radio, um, and graduate towards what you naturally enjoy doing. Who, the, as somebody said earlier on, the person who's doing the job that you want to do. Yeah, great. Thanks, Rory. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Especially living in a, in a city like Oxford, when there are so many opportunities with the, with the universities and the theatres and, and festivals and, and things like that, that there are lots of opportunities out there if students are proactive and, and go out and, and find them. So brilliant. Thank you. Um, so we've talked a, a bit about 
attributes, you know, being resilient and being proactive, showing initiative and so forth. What about um, other sorts of skills that you think are particularly important in your your industries that, that students should maybe really be focusing on, on trying to develop? And how do you think they can best develop those skills? Andrew, maybe we'll start with you. Um, there's a lot of different skills really. I mean, it, you know, you could learn to be a camera operator by going to the National Film and Television School and doing a kind of, you know, a, a part-time course or, or a full-time course. Uh, there are technical, Ravensbourne, there's a place where you could learn about the techni technical side of broadcast. Um, learning things like After Effects and Premiere and, and editing and, and I guess that young people do naturally anyway. Um, so yeah, I think there are, there are lots of different things that you can learn around, de depending on kind of what you know where where your you, you kind of your interests lie, and it, you know you could learn about costume design and set design and set building. Um, it's it is so eclectic. Yeah. Okay. And you were saying earlier about the, that you ended up setting up your own business was uh did you did you sort of already have those those business skills or did you kind of learn them as you went along i, I don't think i've got them now actually <laughs> but um i suppose i had the, the the kind of the kind of inspiration to control my own destiny rather than work for somebody else although i have worked now for sunset and vine for quite a number of years but um it just seemed to be the easiest way to to get into you know to to to, to have you know to be able to make to make productions to, to kind of set them up myself um, and it was yeah it was I suppose I learned accounting and all of the business elements along the way yeah good thank you and uh, Angus Alexander what, what about in, in publishing is it I, I guess one thinks maybe of attention to detail and and those sorts of skills but do you also um, need a lot of soft skills in terms of communication, or does it really depend which part of publishing you're, you're working in? Alex, what would you say? Um, yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, I think ultimately your biggest commodity is ideas. You know, you're in a creative industry and you need ideas in whichever area you want to go into. If you had a great radio programme idea or you had a great um, feature idea, if you can learn how to develop and communicate your ideas, that's really, really important. So the, the art of the pitch, it's really important as well to try and get across your ideas in a very succinct way. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you have to knock on doors and, and sell those ideas. Um, in the early days, you just have to, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much experience you've got in journalism. If you've got a good idea for a feature or a, or a news piece or, or a news speech, whatever it might be, you will get, you know, if you find the right contact and you get the email sent to them, um and, and and all the planets are aligned and your idea gets picked up you know people will listen to you regardless if you haven't got the experience I, I, and i say that i didn't have any contacts when i started i knew nobody i don't come from a media family um and so i had to use the strength of my ideas to to get noticed and i think that does make a huge I, you know if you're freelance writing obviously you've got to pitch your ideas all the time and and be prepared for rejection because a lot of them will get rejected but in every you know 50 there might be five so keep going and um and just develop the ideation and the pitch um and those entrepreneurial skills i think are really important to represent yourself to to try and put yourself to have the confidence to put yourself forward when you perhaps don't feel it you know you're nervous or anxious um to to, to use the social media platforms to your advantage because 
that is just such a, you know, I know there's, there's lots of controversy around, you know, different social media platforms in terms of, you know, trust and what have you, but I think use social media to present the best side of you um, and writers, editors, um, script writers, anybody in the creative industries will look at, probably look at your social media footprint when you're going for jobs or even if you've pitched an idea. Great, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's that's really helpful. So I'm just thinking with, with social media, it's therefore important to have a footprint, you know, but you want to have the right footprint as well, because, um, you know, otherwise I suppose it, it could count against you. Um, and uh, Angus, what, what, have you got anything to add to that in terms of skills? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly strong writing and editing skills, and that, that just comes from the application onwards. So if you put, if your application's riddled with spelling mistakes and grammatical errors, then you're not going to get a look in um, at that stage. So you've got to have an eye for that kind of detail and be interested in that kind of detail about how, you know, what is good writing. Um, and you can develop those skills yourself through reading a lot and doing your own writing. And there's so many opportunities to put your own work out there, whether it's social media or writing a blog or whatever, um, taking your own photographs and putting them up on your blog. Um, there are kind of software skills that are needed in the industry, for example, around Photoshop and InDesign. And those are things you can learn, areas you can learn and really useful, whichever you may not necessarily be working in uh, a design area, but you might be working in marketing and need some basic InDesign so that you can correct a marketing brochure or something like that. So um, there are skills on that side. There are business skills you need to understand um, and get your head around that it, you know, publishing is a really important business and it has to make a profit uh, for the commercial company. So those business skills and a head of business. And as Alex said, though, that kind of creativity around ideas, a lot of book projects don't necessarily come from the author. It might be the publisher themselves who come up with the idea and and find the right author for that project. Um, so yeah, having having those good ideas and, and thinking of something that's gonna sell in the market is really important. Great, thank you. Uh, and Rory, what about skills in, in your line? Yes, well, there are some, uh, I think somebody said to me that 70% of, of jobs in television are behind the camera. So as Andrew illustrated all those different things, a drone operator, cameraman, um, the people who are working up in the gallery. Um, so, you know, there are lots of skills that you can learn that are transferable. If you if you go down the theatre route, for example, and, or do a stage management course, the sort of theatre stage management, a lot of that is very transferable to uh, what the person who I started out with, uh, who was a floor manager on uh, on the very first series I did at the BBC, and then she rose through floor managing to directing to um, now sort of producing all sorts of series. Um, so there's those things, uh, but it was, you know, that you didn't have to be a media studies course in some ways, you know, um, they were saying, well, if you've got a history or an English degree, if you know what makes a story, you know how to structure a story, something like that is just as useful in television because, you know, you will be interested in, um, you know, how, how scripts work, how characters are developed or whatever. But so but you start out, um, as I say, you know, at, you, won't, you won't come in at script supervisor level. Um, you'll come in at a much lower level and watch how it's done and see how it's done. Um, but yes, so there are, um, there are, as I say, there are the transferable skills um, from what you normally do. You think, well, I could be doing this, but I could be doing it in television or I could be doing it uh, in film. So, I mean, there might be somebody watching this who's interested in films, but is doing, wanting to do an accountancy degree. Well, 
as Andrew was saying, you know, television companies, film companies, and books and and publishing and magazines, you know, they need accountants, uh, and, and so these are you can take the skills you have and get and uh, apply those to a job in 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 media, whether it be um, visual or print or radio, indeed. Yeah, great, thank you. And I was also wondering. You know, would you recommend a career in in your particular area, whether that's TV production or or some other aspect of, of media or publishing or journalism? You know, what are the um, what are the good bits about it? And then maybe are there some less good bits that, that students should be aware of? Um, Andrew, starting with you. Um, yeah, I, my daughter's sort of showing an interest in media, and I'm sort of wondering to myself, should that is that a good idea? And, recommend it. Um, I think I do really. I mean, it's a really exciting and, and varied and, and eclectic sort of life. Um, you know, one of the projects that I'm most proud of we did last October. I don't know if anyone saw Elliot Kipchoge breaking the two-hour marathon barrier in Vienna last October, and I was running that project. And as he crossed the line, everybody in the uh, the, the outside broadcast truck was cheering and sort of, and it was it was an amazing moment to be part of. Um, you know, we, we do football for BT Sport and for Amazon and to go to a big football game at Wembley and see that happening, it's, it's, such, it's such a buzz. And you work with a whole load of different people, for, as we talked about, different types of characters like to do different sorts of jobs and you, 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 know, you travel the world. I haven't been on a plane this year and it's the first year that I can remember that I haven't been on, on a plane. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's an amazing it's changing a lot because in the you know in the very old days there were four channels and then there were 50 channels and now there's you know we we do Amazon's football and it's streamed on on a website so it's it's changing but ultimately it's contented people will always want content and whether you're making a, a 30 second little film or, or a you know a TikTok or something or whether you're making a, a huge three hour live broadcast. People want to watch content and they want to watch good content and entertaining content. And if you can, you know, when you can provide it for them, it gives you a great buzz. Great. Thank you. Angus. And you're working in teams as well, as you said, that's, you know, you're, work, you're working in teams, which is really good fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. So, so if you're someone that, that enjoys teamwork, then, then that, that's a good career. Uh, Angus, what, what, what about in terms of, of publishing? Was that a good career, would you say, to recommend? Definitely to be recommended. I mean, it's uh, an amazing sense of satisfaction about creating these amazing projects. It's an international business and uh, a lot of business is done around the world in book publishing. Um, that creativity, whether it's coming up with the idea or working on the book to make it into the best possible project. Again, you've got the element of team working there. And uh, I mean, I can go into a bookshop most places around the world and see one of the books that I commissioned when I was an ed editor there. So, I mean, there's a there's a real contribution there that many people feel working in book publishing. And uh, if you've got that affinity with books, there's no, nowhere better really to be working. Good. Alex? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the highlights of my career have been very varied and broad. I mean, I've been able to travel, um, travel around the world um, and write about my experiences, which is a real privilege and, and exciting. But my my favorite my highlights really are around the launch um projects i've worked on coming up with a creative idea you know you don't have to have anything to come up with an idea and then to, to be able to make something from nothing you know to come up with an idea in your head and then to turn it into either a program or a book or a magazine 
it's really exciting and really rewarding. And having launched magazines around the world and in the UK market, um, just the, the, the team experience of that creative journey is exciting and fulfilling and, and wonderful. Um, and nothing can really beat that. You know, when you see see your title on the shelf or your your website launched or, or whatever it might be, um, and to have a byline and, and for people to read your work. I mean, it's incredible to think that any, you know, that people are reading your work. So, um, and that you can make a contribution in that sense. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's well, just really satisfying and, and I love the creative elements of it. Great. Well, I love that you've all been like super positive and we haven't had any downsides to uh, to your uh, chosen careers. Rory, what about you? What are the highlights and, and maybe what are some of the challenges? Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, if you're in many of the creative things, you really haven't haven't got a choice. It's what you are. It's it's you are a performer or you are a writer and it's what you really you don't sort of fall into it by accident because it's it's who you are. It's what you really want to do. So, I mean, I was very lucky. I got my breaks early on the cabaret circuit and um, you know, it's the instant gratification, you know, the whole thing of, of getting laughs and then, you know, just extending from your sort of five minutes to writing sketches or working with other people and uh, working together with writers and building shows. And that's when you have, you know, I remember the happiest times I had with when, when I was doing Brenda Bird and Fortune with Jeff, my producer, and I would sit in a room for about an hour and a half on a Monday and decide what was going to be in the show that week, which characters I was going to be and what we were going to and what was in the news that week. And literally in the room next door was the director, the makeup uh, designers, the um, props people, the design, the um, set designers, um, the costume people. And they were just waiting for their instructions. They were waiting for what, and, you know, we could have thrown anything at them and they were uh, each in their own way, which just was brilliant. You know, you'd say to the design department, we're going to do a sketch about Tony Blair um, and, and it's got to be about somebody trying to nail jelly to a wall. And they go away and like two days later, they'd have the jelly and they'd have the nail. Of course, they couldn't nail the jelly to the wall, but because that's what they do. Or you say, well, I, um, I did a sketch the other day where I had to be uh, Boris Johnson. And I said, hey, it'd be funny if we had some Boris Johnson photographs behind us. And somebody was obviously listening because along with the wig that arrived, there were five or six framed photographs of Boris Johnson and his wife, his, his girlfriend and him kissing the dog and him outside number 10, that somebody somewhere as part of the department, it was they made it their job to make those little pictures, and they're in the sort of background. And on, if you look on Twitter, the things that I've been doing, they've been sitting in in the background. And that was just somebody that it's those little creative things. And a costume designer, so amazingly resourceful and creative, and the things that they can do. But you know, so if you like that, look at look up costume designers and uh, on any production that you've you've seen or a period drama that you've seen, and say, you know, can I come on set for a day? Can I watch what you do? Um, I should have mentioned that there are there are apprenticeships as well. BBC do apprenticeships and ITN. Uh, they do both. The BBC do an apprentice scheme and the ITN do an apprentice scheme as well. So, you know, that's always useful to look at. They're, they're probably oversubscribed as well. But um, as I said right at the beginning, it's not, not always about courses and schemes and qualifications. It's about initiative and asking and not, not giving up, being determined, being... Um, resourceful really and that's that, that 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 will help you get through the door once you're there ask and ask and ask and ask uh, and and see where, where what you what you love to do and I was very lucky I had a team we loved what we were doing we believed in it um we would just the, the greatest thing was to somehow follow the news 
and make a show at the end of the week which made people laugh but had something to say and and that was a huge privilege we were working with people like michael grade um at the head of channel four at that time and they let us get on with it, it that's less true now i'm sure andrew would know this the executives in television seem to be more interested in stopping you make a program than letting you get on and make it <laughs> good thank you right now sadly we're nearly out of time but just one final question if i may if ben maybe a bit frivolous but i'd like to end with this one if you could um turn back time and uh, back to when you were about 17 what's uh, what one thing do you think you would tell your 17 year old self angus Oof. Uh, I suppose you're going to say it's going to be all right, isn't it? I mean, you keep going, and uh, as Andrew said, there are forks in the road, and you never quite know where they're going to lead. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, perseverance and uh, you know, sticking with something you enjoy. I think it's really important in your career. I mean, it, you may have some difficult times along the way, but doing something you could be working for many years. Um, why not do something you enjoy? I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Alex. Um, I just say, why couldn't it be you? Why, why can't you do it? You know, just have the confidence and um, and know your worth. Really, not not to say you still be humble, but but know your worth and that you, you can make a break in an industry that feels untouchable when you're a child and you're a teen and you're from afar. Um, so yeah, I would say just ultimately just knock on those doors and go for it. Could be you. Great. Thank you, Andrew. Um, I, I think I would say do something you enjoy because you have to work for a good many years um, and it, it's good to get up in the morning and, want, and look forward to going to work and actually if you're doing something you enjoy you'll do it better and you'll have a better time with the people around you and you'll be around people you, that you get on well with. Great, so, so find, what you find enjoy. your passion and you may not know your passion at this moment in time but to try and find it and uh, and try and enjoy, do something you think you're going to love to do. Brilliant. Thank you, Rory. Well, I think everyone said it already. I think <laughs> all I can add is um, I, I, wash your hands, stay safe, uh, and and um, and protect the NHS. That would be my advice, uh, whether you're 17 or indeed or indeed 70. Although there are fewer of those about nowadays. Um, yeah, if you love something, um, yeah do do whatever you can to 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 get involved to get engaged uh and um as i say um if you if you're at a local theater a local cinema a local radio station um say you know i'd love to do this and social media there's all sorts of opportunities but it's uh it's if, if you love something um you just just don't give up i'd say don't give up Brilliant, thank you, and I'm, I'm glad we got an impression as well. I was, uh, <laughs> I was hoping we got a lot of impressions, a lot of great impressions. Because I mean, look, <laughs> Trump, I'm not qualified. No qualifications, okay. It's just what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do, and I'm great at it. I'm the best. So, if I can do it, you can. But you won't be as good. I'm a genius, Donald J. Trump. That's what the J stands for. Genius. <laughs> Brilliant. So well, I'll get my coat. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I, di I didn't know uh, we'd be having Donald Trump here today and, and indeed our, our Prime Minister, <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, well, yeah, on behalf of, of all the students who are here today, thank you ever so much for, for giving up your time to talk to us. And um, yeah, you, you've given us some really good insights and some, some brilliant tips uh, for our students to, to take away with them and, and start 
following their their own um, paths and, and, and finding those opportunities so that they can find that career that, that they will enjoy too. So thank you ever so much and I wish you all the best. Take care everybody. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.